welcome to another World Cup daily update on the Top Order podcast. Raj and I in the saddle today to review match five. Australia and India get their top uh, their top order, get their Cricket World Cup accounts underway. India, a commanding victory really over Australia. All that and more coming up on the Top Order podcast World Cup daily update just after this. Well, Raj, all the teams have gotten their World Cup accounts underway. India and Australia in match five of the 2023 version of the Cricket World Cup for men overnight in Chennai. India really a commanding victory over Australia, albeit a couple of bumps along the way. Yep, that's a, that's a great summary. Uh, how, how are you feeling? Firstly, your voice sounds a lot better, but this wouldn't have made you feel great overnight. No, no, indeed. The, bo- the voice is feeling much, much better, uh, although it's still a little deeper than, than it ordinarily is. But so are the feelings, in, in fact, <laughs> because Australia negotiated that first 20 overs, I thought, reasonably well against India. Uh, Australia really resisted some, I thought, some really, really good bowling from Jasper Bummer at the top. I thought he got his lines and lengths perfectly right. Um, the ball that Mitchell Marsh got that he nicked off to in the second over was just a good delivery, and sometimes you get that as, a, as an opening bat. And, and Virat took a, a magnificent catch, actually, uh, diving away to his left at first slip, and Australia were one for spit. But I thought after that, Smith and, and Warner really judged the pace of the wicket quite well. Uh, they fought off what was a good opening spell from, uh, from Siraj and from Bumrah to have Australia in a good position by the time the spinners came on. And then India spinners did Indian spinner things, and they and they really restricted Australia's run rate. But until Warner was dismissed, caught and bowled by Kuldeep uh, with the score at sort of what was it one two for seventy, I think at that point, Australia had negotiated that tricky little period quite well. And even though the wicket was clearly turning, and we saw balls go through the surface in the first ten mm. or fifteen overs, which is very unusual for a for an ODI, Australia had, a, had given themselves a good account. However, that was one of the, those types of wickets where if you get in, you've got to get a big Come score. On. And, yeah. and both Smith and Warner were, were guilty of not doing that. Uh, yeah, it's interesting though that you know it, it has turned out to be quite a you know a resounding loss. But I don't think it's actually that far away. Uh, if 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 you look at Warner and Smith, they both got starts. Manus was in as well. If one of them had continued on to a you know, almost three figures or, or a three-figure score. This is a completely different game because of the way it, it played out in the second innings. But uh, I actually think it was the right choice to to bat first. I have, I've heard people saying that that may not have been the right choice, but I think definitely on that surface it was uh, the right choice. As you said, I was quite surprised to see balls sort of going through the surface and just skidding through mm. uh, from the fast bowlers early on. And as soon as you saw that, you knew it was going to be an absolute slog or tough slog, sorry, mm. for the um, for the middle order overs or middle order batsmen in those middle overs there. Uh, I actually don't think it's as far apart as, as the end result has shown it to be. I think that the key difference, though, is that when, when India's batters, and we'll come on to them in a little bit, got in, they made sure that they made the best of the conditions. I think, you know, Smith got a good ball. Like that ball from Jadeja, that's going to get most batters out. That was a very, very good delivery from around the wicket, pitched on middle, hit the top of off. It, it um, You know, some people will say that Smith made it look like a good delivery, but I think he got a good delivery. Hmm. The other batters, Warner chipped one back to the bowl, a very, very soft dismissal. Manus was out sweeping, probably injudiciously. I don't think he had to sweep that delivery. And then we'll get on to Maxwell, Carey, and Green, who really all of them 
to a certain extent, gave their wickets away. Maxwell tried to cut a ball on leg stump. Uh, Cameron Green's dismissal was probably the worst of the lot. He got a half tracker and then sliced it to backward point. And then Kerry was out LBW. I, I don't think Kerry knew much about what was going on out there in the two balls that he faced, to be fair. His form is quite concerning for me now, given that Josh Inglis is in a reasonable amount of form. And Australia, if you look at the other top sides in that tournament or in this tournament, they're getting a lot out of their wicketkeeper batter. They're getting a lot out of a, a Joss Butler, uh, an Ishan Kishan or a, or a Kale Rahul in this case. You know, South Africa get a lot out of their wicketkeeper batter. New Zealand get a lot out of Tom Latham, Rizwan, etc. Australia aren't getting anything out of Kerry in that number five position. And if you're not going to have any of your middle order come off at all, then you're looking down the barrel at 190, 200 instead of, as you say, like 240, 250 is probably a winning score on that deck. Yeah, definitely. That wasn't that sort of 300-plus uh, deck that, that we have seen earlier in the in the tournament. But, yeah, definitely they were, they were definitely short about 50 runs. And Mitchell Stark actually put a lot more pep into that score than it, than it could have been uh, with his uh, late dash there at the, um, at the end. What, I guess if when we did the preview, we did talk about how there was the potential of a batting collapse in this Australian uh, batting order, and Kerry actually batting at six this time round. Almost every other team has their bat, uh, their wicketkeeper batsman, you know, in the top order, opening, uh, you know, at least in the top five, definitely top Tom Latham, uh, as as you mentioned there. Is he really? Uh, an issue for you? I think there's probably bigger issues to look at uh, when it comes to that, or is it the, is it affecting the balance that much that it's something that they need to look at? I think that's something that they need to look at, to be fair. I mean, he is the best gloveman Australia have got. He's a better gloveman than Josh Inglis, but I think the challenge that we've got at the moment is that Australia didn't get anything out of their guys from four through seven. They got 27 from Manus. He got himself in and then got himself out. And then the guys after that, Green, Carey, and Maxwell combined for 23 between them. And that's not that's not good enough from an Australian point of view. Yes, okay, you're going to have one or two guys on a wicket like that that are going to get a good delivery early doors and get out. That didn't happen to any of those three batters that we just talked about. So Maxwell, again, as I said, tried to cut a ball from cool deep on leg stump, got bowled. Like that's that's entirely on Maxwell trying to force the issue when he didn't need to. Okay, Alex Carey was out LBW from two deliveries. Hard to tell, really, from a form perspective. As Greg Chappell said once famously, he didn't face enough balls to know if he's in or out of form. But we're not getting the contributions that we would expect from a wicketkeeper batter batting in the top six for, for a, a side that has pretensions to play semi-final cricket at this World Cup. And then Cameron Green, look, he's a young player. Everyone talks about him having a lot of potential. Cameron Green needs to read the game and read the game situation a little bit better than he did in that instance. And he'll be really disappointed with his dismissal. And it's okay to be disappointed with his dismissal, but he needs to learn from that and learn really quickly because he's got a huge role to play at this World Cup batting in that middle order. And we can't have a situation where an injudicious shot at what were they then, 140 for six, exposes the tail um, really severely. And, and as you say, it was only really 15 from Pat Cummins and then sort of 28 from Mitchell uh, Mitchell Stark that got Australia to anything like a defendable total. So that's that's really the concern for me is that there was a situation where Australia needed to consolidate as India needed to do in their batting innings, 
But rather than knuckle down and do the hard work, we tried to take too many opportunities, too many chances to hit a four ball, rather than respecting the fact that India bowled really well. I mean, you have a look Mm. at their three spinners. They got 30 quality overs of spin, six for 104 from their three spinners. And, you know, the other the other bowlers then, you know, by by process of elimination, the other three quicks were, you know, three, four for, four for 90. So I, it was a I, really, really good job by those Indians. I do want to talk about spin from an Australian perspective when we talk about the second innings. So just moving on to that second innings. Yeah, let's talk about it now. I, I don't know if you watched it live, but I'm sure if you had have been watching it live, you would have been extremely fired up, screaming out Queenslander or something similar uh, when they were three for two. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was a perfect start from Australia. Mitchell Stark swung the ball early. This is what Australia need to do in the World Cup, by the way. This is the formula that Australia need to maintain if they're going to go into games where they've only got one genuine spinner, and that's all they've got in their squad, and we'll talk about selection. But if that's the way Australia are going to play, they're going to have to have sides three for spit, and then they're going to have to go on with it. So fantastic opening from Josh Hazelwood. Um, to dismiss, you know, dangerous, dangerous players in 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 Rohit and Shreyas Iyer in the space of that that one over of his and Australia were all of a sudden back on top of that game at three for two. You know, no no side up until last night has come back from losing three wickets that early for that lower score and won an ODI ever. So mm. Australia had had it all to play for. Unfortunately, Mitchell Marsh dropped a pretty easy catch. Um, off of Virat when Virat was on 12. He goes on to make 85. And all of a sudden, the guys who get starts go on and make big scores and match-defining scores for India. And that was that was the difference between the two sides at the end of the day. Yeah, the, um, the sort of the Mumbai cement question of the day for me is actually have Australia, and this probably got exposed more because of the, the um, opposition that they were playing, but they're going to come up against opposition with great spin all throughout this tournament. Have Australia really gone to the subcontinent with a spin weakness? Absolutely they have. Absolutely. They've only gone to the subcontinent with one spinner. So whatever you think of guys like Ashton Agar, um, whatever you think of guys like Tanvir Sanger, to only take one frontline spinner in your squad um, You've just seen it there, right? India, six for 104. Australia, none for 86 in the spin department. So Adam Zampa has underperformed as far as as far as far the comparison between he, Cool Deep, Ashwin, and Ravindra Jadeja are concerned. Glenn Maxwell, okay. Oh, excuse me. We've talked about Glenn Maxwell being a frontline spinner for Australia. In the last four years, yes, his average has been much, much better. But in this kind of scenario you needed to be able to play two or three spinners in this game. So if Australia are going to go in with that lineup, they need to get something out of Manus. They need to get something out of Smith. They need to get something out of somebody else in that 11 that's going to give them the same kind of contribution that we saw from, well, maybe not Jadeja. Jadeja is a world-class spinner, but they need something from someone. And they didn't get anything from anyone in this game. So absolutely, Australia have gone in underdone as far as selection is concerned. but. Other sides are going to look at this and go, okay, we've got a formula for beating Australia now. And if you have a look at Australia, have got South Africa coming up, who are on an absolute tear at the moment after their first game. And by the way, have beaten Australia three out of the last five. Then they play Sri Lanka, who've got a good spin spin attack. And then they play Pakistan, who also have some reasonable spin bowlers. So Australia are right up against it now, having started 0-1, 
could find themselves, you know, one and three at best to start this World Cup if they don't pull their finger out and they start playing spin better and also executing their spin bowling better on the other side of the coin. Like, yeah, and I guess we talked about this yesterday with, um, you know, South Africa having such a commanding score with the bat. If, if we actually boil it down, you know, we may have expected India to beat Australia anyway. So I don't think it's about pushing the red button and going, this is an emergency. Okay, that game's happened. We need to learn from it and move on. But it's how they play these next three games is going to define uh, where they finish in the top four if they get there at all. Absolutely. And Australia are up against it against three good sides coming up. Okay, we probably don't expect Sri Lanka to make the World Cup semi-finals, but they are a dangerous side in, in tournament play. Um, not least of all because they've got they've got spin. Australia going to look now now to play, I believe, South Africa and Sri Lanka on the bounce. Um, so it'll be a different kind of wicket there. But Australia have got weaknesses that we knew were weaknesses going into this tournament, right? So we talked about middle order collapses. That happened. We talked about potentially having a weakness against spin and our own spin bowling. Those things both happened. So those are known issues that Australia have got some big work-ons to do over the next sort of, you know, three or four days before before their next game comes up. The things that we thought were going to be strong, Australia's top order was strong, Australia's pace bowling was strong, they're known quantities. We know that that's going to come off for Australia. But the the contributions from those key guys in the spin department and Australia's batting against spin in the engine room and the middle order are, are really concerning. Um, and Australia need to show that they can rectify that, particularly against South Africa and Sri Lanka. So, uh, if you put on if you put on your Australian selector hat, uh, what do you think is going to going to change, if anything, over the next game or so? Well, I don't think anything really can change for Australia. I mean, they've got Travis Head, who's out with with injury, so he's not available for selection. You've got Inglis, who could come in for Kerry. That's about the only change you can really make to the batting. And then, if you have a look at the bowling. You've got Sean Abbott, who could come in for another pace bowler. That's not going to happen because all the pace bowlers bowled well. Or you've got Marcus Stoinis, who's also batting a bit of a niggle, um, mm. or battling a bit of a niggle, who could come in for Cameron Green. None of those selection changes really change the the balance of the Australian side, nor do they fix immediately the problems that Australia have got. Because Inglis is in reasonable form, but he's not in red-hot form. And Marcus Stoinis hasn't scored a 50 for, I think it's, it's three or four years for Australia in, in one-day cricket. So, you know, it's not like Australia have got guys belting down the door that are in their 15 waiting to come into the side that could immediately solve these problems. I think it's going to have to be a ca- case of, as Binksy would say, same team, better batting, same team, better spin bowling. Do you think Mitchell Marsh, how long are they going to, how long are the Australians going to persist with Mitchell Marsh at the uh, number two spot? I don't mind Mitchell Marsh at the number two spot because it means that Steve Smith can combat at his preferred number three position and that Mitchell Marsh can get Australia off to a flyer as Travis Head has, has been doing lately in, in ODI cricket. So I don't mind that, that Mitchell Marsh is at the top of the order. He's an explosive player who can take advantage of the power play. And I think in, this, in the current balance of the side, that's the best way that Australia can utilise him. The challenge that Australia are going to have is if their middle order continues to underperform then Mitchell Marsh is the is the solution at that four or at five for Australia however that requires Travis Head to be back in the side if he's back at game five Australia are one and three and they're and they're almost down and out and then that game against New Zealand becomes an absolute must-win game for Australia in that World Cup and and they're and they're on the back foot so Australia need to get at least 
two and one out of, out of Sri Lanka, South Africa, and Pakistan to, to have their World Cup on track. I think at this point. And um, looking forward for India in terms of, uh, I think that they'll be happy with that win just to get that one uh, done and out of the way. Uh, I think it's interesting if you did listen to our, our previews, we talked about Ishan Kishan and uh, Kale Rahul being able to coexist. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I don't think that is going to be the case. They seem set on having Shreyas Iyer batting at number four. And uh, if Shubman Gill had have been fit, I'm sure he would have played this game and opened the batting and Ishan Kishan didn't um, bother the scorers uh, either with the bat. So I think that he might be the unlucky one to, to drop out, even though he's had a sustained sort of uh, period of performance uh, over the last sort of six months. But uh, unfortunately, I think he drops out. And, you know, when you've got guys like him and, and, and Sky sitting on the bench, I think, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're looking good for your depth and for the rest of the tournament. And that's the that's the real key to come out of this for India is they were able to give um, their their team a squad that was able to play three spinners. They can play two spinners. They can play one spinner. They can they've got Sky on the bench. They've got Shubman Gill to come back into the side. They've got so many different looks that they can give their opposition that they're they're much better prepared and and structured to be able to play in any conditions than just about any other side. England's the only one that comes to mind that has that flexibility that can that can give different looks. Um, I, I wouldn't write Ishan Kishan off too much just yet because we don't know how severe the dengue fever ailment that Shubman Gill is suffering. We don't know when he'll be back. Hopefully he'll be back very soon. But, you know, growing up in the tropics, that is an illness that can linger and hang around for a few weeks and, and can really sap your energy and your strength. And so for an explosive opening batter like Shubman Gill, Hopefully that's not an issue that continues to hang around for him. I don't think we need to read too much into this. I mean, the only thing I would say around the Indian batting is that in 2021, Rohit Sharma said, we want our middle order to be prepared for situations where we're three for 10. Yep. That's a pretty oh. prophetic That's a pretty <laughs> prophetic sort of set of words. <laughs> Opening game of the World Cup and you're three for two. And then all of a sudden, Rahul and Virat come out and they play commanding mm. innings. They really take the game away from Australia. And by the time the Australian spin bowlers came on, they were in full control. They they really were. And and they weren't exposed early to spin bowling that, that was proving to be difficult to face on that wicket. And that's the, the point I did want to make about the difference in the two batting um, approaches was I think India, definitely Kohli and Rahul, were much more comfortable batting at the tempo that they put through. If you have a look at the strike rates, they're fairly similar, but I don't think that's something that Australia were as comfortable with, definitely setting a target. Yep. Uh, when you're chasing it, it's very different, but they were very comfortable batting on that kind of pitch at that kind of tempo, uh, the Indians, and I think that really set them apart. Uh, it really was, I think... The value of that knock won't quite be realised, I think, until we get a bit later into the series. The, the sorry, the World Cup, the innings of Rahul and Virat Kohli was uh, immense. If they had lost another wicket, if it, that catch had been taken on when Virat Kohli was on twelve, we could be talking about one of the more embarrassing openings to the start of a World Cup tournament. Absolutely. I mean, I think I don't want to under understate everything hinged on that drop catch in that Australian bowling innings because at four for twenty. Hmm. We could have bowled Adam Zampa or Glenn Maxwell earlier in the innings against fresh batters. I mean, it's too early in the second or third over to introduce Zampa. That's it's way too early for that. Um, but if it was four for 20 in the 10th over, then all of a sudden you're, you're giving Zampa the ball, you're giving Maxwell the ball and saying, hey, if we get one, maybe two wickets, 
we can really go after the Indian uh, lower order here. And, and, and Kohli and Rahul were good enough to resist Australia uh, and set the tone for their innings so that we weren't able to, Australia weren't able to take advantage of that good early position that they got themselves into. But it's all Australia's, it's all Australia's own fault. They dropped, they dropped Kohli on 12. He made 85. He batted really well with Kale Rahul. You've got to give them oodles and oodles of credit for, for winning the game for India because they were command performances. Cool. That's all I've got, uh, my friend. And that's all I've got as well. I mean, it's a it's a great start for India. It's job done in game number one. They've they've ticked that first box off on the way to what I think is going to be a very successful tournament for them. It's all to do from Australia, uh, zero one down. Uh, that's it from Raj and I on the Top Order Podcast. We'll see you again tomorrow for another World Cup update. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you soon on the Top Order Podcast. 